When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello, my lovelies. It's me, Ken. And I'm happy to be here with you on another edition of Saturday Night Knapsack, the show that's recorded on a Saturday, released on a Saturday, best listened to on a Saturday night, thus the name Saturday Night Knapsack. That's how we do it here. Hey, I'm not too funny, but you know who was funny? Fred Willard, and we lost him. We lost Jerry Stiller. We lost Lynn Shelton. A lot of talented people this week. Hey, it does happen. It is life. But every once in a while, one just hits you. It's yours. And Fred Willard was appreciated by so many people. A little bit later in the show, we're actually going to play some clips. Uh, copyrights be damned. Strike me down. I'm going to play some of uh, my favorite little clips from Fred Willard. we got a special guest coming in here, returning to the Knapsack Files. Alex Marzonia joining in a second to talk about his new song that you all can get and should get. And we're going to play a little bit of that. It's like a right, proper talk show. But as always, i got to pay attention to the business side of the show and I want to, did you like that pause? There's no reason for that pause. I just did it. It was like I was creating some sort of weird tension that didn't need to be there. I don't understand myself. Hey, I want to do a shout out to my executive producer supporters. That is uh, Thomas Rizzling, Sir Thomas Adal, Lethal Logan, Expedor, Matt Thompson, Nathan Omendale, Zach Anderson, Ty Schellenberger, Tad Benningfield. I said Tad, I said Chad. Chad Benningfield, Tommy, Terry Green, Joe Bergen. Andrew Siner, Old Handsaw, Zach Taylor, Tyler Birch, new member coming in, known only as Paul. That's what he signed up as, Paul. I'm going to look into Paul, but he's on board for the executive producer tier. You can too, or check any tier you want by going to patreon.com slash catnapsock to find out. (laughs) It was like a squirrel suddenly jumped in my mouth and tried to floss for me. Like, (laughs) Patreon.com slash catnapsock. This is a show I don't I don't edit. I you know, here's the thing about that. I wish you know it has to do with my radio back background. And if you got on air, I almost did it again. Background. <laughs> on radio, if you you mess up on air, you mess up. The amount of times back in the day, I mean at an old station where you would press the wrong button. I don't know how many times I do this. All right, here we go. Coming up now, we got some uh, Pearl Jab here on KBR 95. I need to hear that. You'd hear this. Me trying to slap at the button. You mess up, you get a name wrong, say wrong, wrong fact. It's there, it's out, and it's done. So, yeah, definitely. I grew up with that. But I, I don't have to do that now. I could be like one of those podcasters, and you listening might be one of those, and it's not a bad thing. It's probably a better thing to edit out every, uh, uh, I, I do my deep breath intakes. I do a lot because <sighs> half the time I record this show just after having some food in my uh, stomach's like, uh, uh. I don't do all that. I don't know. Warts and all. That's me. That's, that's what my life is. That's what my career is. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Hey, I got to give you an update on the most important thing in my life right now. The hummingbird, Judy, the hummingbird. She has been in that nest for three days now. Leaves a little bit in the afternoon. Who knows? Forges for food, maybe deposits some money in a bank account somewhere. I don't know. And that's that's the most nerve wracking time. Now, fortunately, you know, early bird gets the worm, uh, that statement uh, and phrase and uh, legend. Um Urban myth has to do with, you know, birds, birds go to bed early, wake up early, right? That's, that's where it comes from. The first time I ever heard that, my grandmother, uh, now my late grandmother, I, uh, we, we had to get up to go to a theme park or trip or something. And it was like 5 a.m. I'm like seven years old. Just like, day, uh, like, what is this time? I had no concept of time. I just knew I didn't like this. And that's the first my grandmother said, well, we got... We got to up and at him. Early bird gets the worm. I was, what does that mean? We're having worms? 
there's a race for worms and the birds get there first? What's happening here? Anyways, the crows, usually by the afternoon, you don't hear them as much. Those damn crows. I tried to shoot one with a water gun. It's a water gun. I'm not going to kill a crow if, uh, unless I ha- you know, have to. Then I'll do what I got to do. There was one in our backyard in a tree within range of my water pistol, which says 32 feet. But it's a pump action. No trigger. You got to pump it. You got to jerk that gun. It's disturbing. And I shot it up into the sky, and it just went like this. And I just sprayed myself, which is what happens when you jerk your gun. Uh, but I uh, don't like the weapons. We're going to have to get some higher-powered squirt guns to fend off these crows. But anyways, we're doing an okay job. Judy is three days in to just sitting in the nest. She sleeps at night, which is the most adorable thing in the world. Because the nest is so close, so close to our head when you go out the back porch there, which we have to do, you know, unfortunately a lot, wash and dryer out there, home gym out there, and just, you know, sometimes you got to walk outside. Uh, You know, during the day, boom, she takes off. She flies, she watches from afar, gets back to the nest. But at night... I could see her eyes. I could see her beak. She's she's like sleeping. It's great. Anyways, we are doing good protecting our little Judy, the hummingbird, and what we now believe are eggs in that nest. I will keep you updated. Even if it, I don't, it's all going to go good. All right. We, like seriously, Grace and I left. Uh, we, we, we got a little stir crazy. So let's go for a little sunny day drive. Put the top down on the 2002 Ford Mustang. And we grooved along a little bit, right? safely at a distance from other cars if that's a thing and uh, the whole time that we had a great time was relaxing but the back of our head we're like we better get back better get back for judy's sake and we did and it's okay all right enough about my silly life my silly blatherings we got a special guest coming in here right after this on saturday night nap song such YouTube videos as Grumpy Guy reacts to some crappy movie trailer or having a Star Wars opinion you disagree with. Well, I'm here to remind you that there is a great crisis facing us all right now. A virus is sweeping the nation like a TikTok dance video, except some research suggests it kills just a little bit more. It's a scary time. We can defeat it together by doing one thing, kind of wearing a mask properly. That's right. Three out of five doctors randomly polled at a BMW dealership suggests that wearing a mask loosely around the base of your neck can absolutely prevent the spread of COVID-19 or any other illness for that matter. That's all you have to do. It's that easy. Just have the mask in your pocket when shopping. Leave it in the car when running on an unbelievably crowded bike path. Bury it in the sand when you go to the beach, a right you fought for with weapons. These are unprecedented times that require unprecedented cooperation from human beings. The same human beings that will lose their goddamn minds over which is the best Batman, or whether or not that Batman hit the Bowflex enough. Yeah, we're in good hands. We all can return to the life we knew. If you just do your part, kind of wear a mask. This message brought to you by the Advert Council and Morning Drive Media. Sock Files fans, if you've been listening to the show over the last year, and I know that's about one out of every 50 of you, but you know this cat because he came on before to talk his life, his music, 
and he's got another song. Please welcome the uber talented. I'm going to underline talented, even though this is an audio podcast and you can't see me. Alex Marzoni is here. What's up, Alex? How are you? Hello, Ken. Uh, I'm great, Ken. How are you? You know, we're doing really good as best yeah. we can uh, in, in all these uh, weird, uh, confusing, stressful times. I found a good center and I'm good and I'm owning it. And we got <laughs> to create, we got to get all the stuff out there. And that's what you've been doing too. So, how are you doing, my yeah. friend? Uh, doing great. I'm uh, just watching a lot of movies, trying to stay creative. Uh, just doing the best I can to stay sane, you know. It's mm. uh, it's a struggle sometimes, but here we are. <laughs> it, it's a struggle, but but like I said, you own the good times, own the bad times, and you got exactly. something that's good right now. You got something that's great right now. You released Thanks. a new song, a new single, as they say in the rock and roll biz. Uh, tell <laughs> tell me about this song. I want the world to hear this song. Yeah, so this song is called Cherry Blossom. Um, it's obviously about cherry blossoms. I, it started out as a song that I wanted to. I read it, I wanted to write to a theme and uh, basically I okay. wrote the music first, of course, as all, as always. Oh, and then of course you uber talented. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so I uh, wrote the music and yeah. I tried, there were so many different permutations of the song mm. that, uh, that were in the works, but I ended up using what you hear mm. uh, because it really reflected the, the mm. nature of, uh, the ephemerality of nature, essentially, how everything, oh. uh, the the music's the music and uh, lyrics, they reflect the um, the ephemerality of nature. And I really wanted to focus on writing to a theme rather than just doing what's cool. So <laughs> I hope that people get that. Wait a minute, you're you're talking some heady stuff here. All right, <laughs> I I'm hearing Cherry Blossom. I'm thinking this is a song about uh, some girl you met named Cherry at a club <laughs> and singing it. And this is this has some weight and meaning to it. Not that a song about a girl you met at a club isn't a, a great, but powerful emotional experience <laughs> as well. Why, other than that stuff that you just described, what makes you think, as an artist, is this is this a challenge? Is something to get you out of your comfort zone? Something that you've, you've done differently? Have you ever done this before? Have you ever written to a stated theme? How did you come up uh, with that plan of attack? I don't think I've really written to a specific theme, uh, trying to tie in a bunch of uh, lyrics and dynamics. Uh, but it was uh, it was more of a challenge, okay. and I just really wanted to write something special. Mm. And I'm really happy with how this turned out. I am too, um, but I'm going to confess something to you. I haven't heard it yet, Alex. Huh? I haven't heard it. Oh my gosh, Ken. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm a really bad interviewer. I don't do a lot of research. Uh, I was out for a, um, a little, I'll say, a, a, you know, a little therapeutic drive to get out of the house uh, that went a little longer. I'm sunburned as I'm talking to you right now. Um, so I, I got to I, I didn't. I didn't do my research. I didn't listen to it. Does that change your opinion of me? Um, absolutely not, Ken. You're still one of my uh, favorite people. Oh. So <laughs> okay. I don't think that would ever change okay. my yeah. opinion of you, Ken. That's good. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I just hope I hope uh, if PJ Campbell's listening, he heard that, that I'm still one of your favorites. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, through the power and the magic of the God's Internet, we can hear it now. Are you uncomfortable hearing songs written and recorded by yourself. Do you cringe a little bit? Uh, definitely not. I really? actually, I'm, I took a drive yesterday uh -huh. um, just to clear my head as well. And yeah. I, I was bumping this song, if I'm going to be completely honest. No. <laughs> I just did it once. I listened to it once. And uh, driving right. down PCH with a yeah. window down, I uh, just vibe into it, you know? That's, and, like, that's... I like listening to my songs back because it... Okay. It, I like to imagine what I would do live. Oh, that's fair. How I would perform. Yeah. That's kind of like me mm -hmm. singing um, with an air guitar in my room, pretending to be on stage, impressing people. You, though, actually <laughs> get to do it. But you're planning. Hey, we still time. we still got to do karaoke sometime, Ken. We did talk about that, and we talked a little bit about this hearing yourself and everything before in the, on the full interview. For those who didn't listen to Alex's uh, debut on the Knapsack Files, uh, go check it out. Recent episode, one of the last, I think, one of the last interviews I actually got to do face to face uh, before yeah. I moved and 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 then got into the new studio and all that stuff. But uh, 
Um, oh no, well, you came over to this studio, right? Yeah, you were. I, I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So you were one of the last humans I uh, had in studio. <laughs> so um, all right. So all right. I, I love this. First of all, I think it's that's that's damn sexy. You cruising down the PCH, just listening to your own soul. I mean, come on, man. That's a poem <laughs> itself. All right. Are you, you want to hear this? You want to play it? You want? Should we play a little bit of it? Yeah, let's play uh, a little okay, bit of it. Okay. This is uh, from Marzonia. You guys uh, uh, know him. You're, you're listening to him right now. This is his single from 2020, Cherry Blossom, here on SNN. I think I tried a little too hard. Did it go a little too far? Did I settle for a rent and love your heart? Well, the sun was always setting on a spreading distance, but terrace apart. Did the orchid lose all of its petals? Patiently racing time, testing my metal. I push the pace, but even still, to this day, all I can see is your face, and it's just put your ass, cause the cherry blossoms. Pretty as a walk in a park. Is there a pink glow shining through your window? Do you get light from the stars? Did we meet in the wrong season? Well, before the flowers want to bloom. I a fool uh, I couldn't figure out if I could ever change your mind Or accept the truth And feel the way that you do I couldn't if I wanted to hey. uh, Cause it just out of freaks like a cloud in the sky I will whisper if I miss that passed me by I'm going to make sure that no one, I'm not giving away the milk for free. They want to hear the whole song. They got to go listen to it and download. That's a, that's a upbeat, uh, inspirational tune. If I may say so, uh, and I'm an old dog, uh, great stuff, man. Uh, Thank a you, lot of cool, uh, is it, is it instrumentation? Is that the term you rock stars use? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> loved it. I loved it. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I, I can see this, uh, top down on the car. PCH, like you said, Ooh, yeah. and, and I don't mean that lightly because uh, my playlist on when I got the top down in the Mustang is, uh, you know, curated. It's curated. It's <laughs> no, well, this is great stuff, yeah, man. Hopefully this will make the playlist. Uh, how did you put this together? Place. Yeah, it will make the playlist. How uh, <laughs> did you put it together uh, and uh, 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 in, in, in this lockdown kind of situation? You always kind of record at home? Is that where uh, home studio? How do you put it together? Yeah, actually starting with Brilliant, which is a song I was yeah. uh, on the last time about, uh, I, that's when I started to really create music just inside my home. I used to go to my producer's place down in Anaheim to record all the parts and go back, uh, back and forth between there and uh, Glendale. And now that I have the correct software, the right equipment, it's so much easier to create music when I'm, you know, just stuck at home. <laughs> mm. That's great though. Isn't it amazing? I was just, I was just talking to an old friend of mine. who's still down here in LA. He's, he, we moved mm -hmm. down here together and we were just reminiscing about the, the mid nineties when we were uh, coming up out of, out of high school into college and film school and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, if we had the technology now that we do do then, number one, it'd be scary because then you probably put some stuff out that maybe you shouldn't put out, number one. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would go to the world at large. But also just like with, it's easy to take for granted what I'm doing right now. Every bit of uh, my career is from this microphone at this desk in my house. And you're sitting and recording that. And, yeah, this doesn't take away the big studios and, and the historic studios. And, you know, I'm sure you'd love to record yeah. a song in Abbey Road Studio, too. I'm sure everyone would. Oh, but yes. For to be able to put it together, that makes it easier to get your voice out and and the voice of artists who would normally struggle to get things out. That's a great time, right? Great time. Yeah. Creating. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Nope. I cut you off. Oh no! I was just I was just thinking. Um. A lot of my friends are also doing this from home, and like I can just give them a, a vocal track here and there if mm -hmm. they want some help on that, and it's 
really cool what we can do with all this technology. Absolutely. Now, uh, let me ask yeah. this question. Is uh, any of your, uh, any of your roommates doing backing vocals on those songs? Do you pull them in to, to lay down, <laughs> lay down some tracks? No, in my, not yet, okay. but I'm actually thinking of doing some, uh, doing something with them soon. Let's just say that. No, okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I yeah. wouldn't dare. Maybe you. Can, I can do some social distancing recording from the, your balcony window or something like that, <laughs> uh, and just show. Yeah. Up. <laughs> Show up, uh, drive through back backup vocals. I love it. That's a great idea. Actually, I'm I'm into that. <laughs> there you go. Just me screaming, yeah, from uh from my Mustang. This would be great. This would Let's be great. do it. I think the Beatles recorded some song, songs like that. Um, oh, probably. Alex, this is awesome, man. What, what's uh, when you release something like this the, as mm -hmm. a as a as a true artiste, and I don't say that cynically. Uh, what what goals do you have with with an independent release song uh, other than and, and yes top of the top, top of the charts all those kind of things but but what's the realistic goals what do you take uh, from this in terms of a personal success what do you look for and what do you get from it um just in terms of releasing the song i just want people to hear it that's all that matters because i feel like i i bear my soul in some of my songs in this one i do to an extent and i just want people to like mm. feel what I feel essentially. And hopefully in the future, that'll lead to some connections. Um, and I just want to play with a play in front of a crowd, especially when this is all over yeah, and, you yeah. know, just have everybody just like rocking out and having fun with me and mm. just experiencing all this together. Love it. Experiencing yeah. it together. The genius mm -hmm. of Marzonia, a talented, multi-talented individual. And also, by the way, if you're listening and thinking, this sounds like a pretty nice guy. One of the uh, one of the nicest guys in, 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 in that good way, right? Nice guy. That phrase, <laughs> nice guy, sometimes takes a hit, sometimes deservedly so. Uh, Alex is not one of the m'lady nice guys. He is a truly genuine human being. And every time he's around, you feel nice, you feel good, and you got a good worker uh, holding you up. If it's that kind of situation where it's like a schmodown backstage or something like that, or it's like this when he's in the spotlight, he's the same person. And I hope that makes you a little uncomfortable because I, I look up up to you, my friend. You're, you're a talented <laughs> individual and a good person. Just a little uncomfortable, Ken. But you've you've always been one of the kindest people to me, and I really appreciate you for welcoming me into this community, this crazy community that we're in. So thank you again for having me on, of course. It's good to have you on. You're lying about me. You know I'm a grumpy uh, jerk, and you're just not telling <laughs> everyone that. And I understand. I understand. I appreciate that. That makes you even more of a nice guy. All right. Tell everyone where exactly, if they want to be like me and listen to the song, where exactly <laughs> they can find it and where they can listen to it, download. Is, and, and is there any way to get some sort of a direct compensation to you. Don't be shy about that either. I don't know if you have a, a, a Patreon, a, a, a buy me a coffee, whatever that other stuff is. I don't know. Cause I want you to uh, feel uh, the success of the song on all fronts. So put yourself over here, buddy. Where can they find it? Well, thank you for that support. Um, I'd like, uh, if you want to buy my song, you can do it on iTunes. You can, but more directly, you can go to Bandcamp and search my name or Marzonia. And you can find uh, my song there, which you can purchase or just stream on Spotify. You can stream it there on YouTube. I put up a lyric video and that's pretty much everywhere. Yeah. I mean, Apple Music, Tidal, if anyone's still using that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just there really excited for everybody to just hear it. I am excited for that, too. There you go. Knapsack Files listeners here on this episode of Saturday Night Knapsack. Do me a solid by supporting Alex. Go out, purchase a song, and let uh, his dream of it being heard begin. And the journey's just beginning for Alex Marzonia. All right, buddy. We'll see you. All right. Uh, appreciate it. We'll do it see again sometime. Soon. Yeah. Yes. All Let's right. do it. Saturday Night Knapsack rolls on.
the Ronstadt right here. That'll be the day on Hall of Fame Music Radio. That one is actually by request from Lauren out near Detroit. She's listening via the TuneIn Radio app, and she's doing some editing on her show, The Galactic Podcast. She said, check it out. And I said, I will, but we're first going to play your song. And that's what we did. And it could be your song you hear. Just reach out on the Hall of Fame line, 781-334-8609. Right now, Andy Kim here on 107.5 FM. team, I'm Grace Hancock, and I wanted to let you know that I'm adding new designs to my Society6 shop with several on their way. If you didn't know, you can go to society6.com slash Mrs. Graceface and shop prints of my original artwork, as well as tons of other items like stationery, notebooks, mugs, throw pillows. It's a great place to shop for gifts or just for yourself, especially in my shop if you like witchy expressionism. So head to society6.com slash Mrs. Graceface and check it out. It's time, baseball fans. The new podcast feed, Box Score Heroes, has arrived. This is the new home of the show, Behind the Bag, with Ken Napsok and Tom Dagnino. And is also the place to find shows like The Legends of the Wax Packs, the only baseball power rankings you need, and My Favorite Baseball, a nostalgic look back at the game we all love, and more. Find the podcast feed on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Box Score Heroes is your podcast home for everyone with a a passion for all things baseball. I love playing great songs on the radio. It's what gets me up every morning and into this chair. And I love playing requests and dedications like this one to the request line at 781-334-8609. It's from Old Handsaw. That's the only name he ever gives us, and he sends it out, dedicates it to Christy, Alice, and Robbie. It's another one of my all-time favorite songs, and I say that unironically, maybe a little ironically, but like 98% unironically. I love this song, I love this band, and Old Hansard sends it out to Christy, Alice, and Robbie right here, 107.5 FM. Yep, it's the Spice Girls. <laughs> Yo! And we are back here on Saturday Night Napsock. Part of the reason I do this version of the show, this podcast uh, on uh, the feed, I don't know, it's just a little giggles here and there, nothing too great. I slap it together a Saturday afternoon over lunch and, and, and kind of put it out there. Just I do love being funny. I love trying to be funny. And I also just love being me and finding me and my voice and my perspective. And sometimes it gives people a, a chuckle. But I got to tell you, man... I I'm moved by those that, that do it do it for so long and, and someone who moved me time and time again and I sat here this morning after I heard the news uh, watching clips with a tear in my eye uh, of course we're talking about Fred Willard passed away Frederick Charles Willard born September 18th 1933 Shaker Heights Ohio he attended the Kentucky Military Institute and the Virginia Military Institute, which is, that kind of makes some sense when you think about one of the clips that we're going to play here in a bit from Spinal Tap. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Hey, uh, Fred Willard was one of those uh, faces that everyone knew. And what's interesting to me is depending on when you found out about him, when you were, became aware of him, and also what era, just quite frankly, when you were born, <laughs> changes your perspective on him, but at least gives it a different view. To some, he was a, an up-and-coming improv performer that made it, that made it big. Did a lot of work. Uh, you know, it started in uh, 1959, 60, he starts getting active. He's part of Second City back in the you know early days there. Uh, it's, uh, formed the uh, Ace Trucking Company. Appeared on Dean Martin Show, The Smothers Brothers, Tonight Show. A lot of stuff on The Tonight Show. First film doesn't come until 1967 which isn't uh, a great appearance by any means, a teenage mother, which was, I'm not, it's, what a, what a, what a, what a, uh, 
What a credit for Fred Willard to be that be his first role. He um, he really kind of first came on the scene in the late seventies. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say he play, plays Jerry Hubbard on Fernwood Tonight, which was the Mary Hartman Mary Hartman spinoff. Uh, Martin Mole is uh, plays uh, was a Bar- Barth Gimble, the the host of a, a talk show in the uh, city of Fernwood. And kind of uh, it goes from there, and it's fun. And I uh, used to watch it. For me, again, so again, so you might be watching that show in the late seventies, and then that is going to uh, color your view of, of Fred. Like that's your guy. He's he's part of that comedy movement that really starts taking over in the late seventies. National Lampoon, uh, Second City. Eventually, Groundlings joins everyone. Just they all in the, in the stand-up comedy comedy store scene in the seventies. It's just such a great era, and everyone just kind of explodes out from that and builds. It's the very foundation of the comedy that we all loved in the eighties, nineties, and beyond. It really is, and Fred's part of that. So you have that view of him if you kind of were familiar with him from that era. And Fernwood Tonight was a show I loved, but used to watch on reruns for me. Late 80s, early 90s on Comedy Central is where I discovered that. But then, for me, it was, oh, that funny guy from Roxanne and who I've seen in other things and on Letterman. And, oh, he used to do that. And, and so that's where I kind of come in. And, and, and to some of you, might be a character actor. He's Phil's dad on Modern Family. He's on some of the bigger sitcoms. He's an anchorman. He's everywhere. And all of it's right. None of it's wrong. He, to me, just is perfection in the Christopher Guest movies, what are often referred to as mockumentary movies, though Christopher Guest himself has always said that's not the term he likes. He doesn't think they're mocking anybody. They're just doing characters, character work, comedy from characters, having fun with it, but kind of exploring it as actors and performers. It's not its not jokes, which is why I love them. I love that stuff. Spinal Tap, this is Spinal Tap. One of my all-time favorite movies, but so is Waiting for Guffman. So is Best in Show. I love A Mighty Wind. I think it's got a great sweetheart. And for your consideration, which is a little bit of a switch of, of the style, the way they presented it, is, is great as well. Uh, there is another one that we can get into the Christopher Guest conversation. Uh, there is uh, Mascots. Didn't hit for me as much. Uh, if I'm being honest, but it doesn't matter. I love them all. And the next thing Christopher Guest puts out, I'll watch. Uh, I, I just love it all. I love it. And Fred Willard was at the center of that for me. There's so many great performers. You could single out so many. Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, of course. Uh, Bob Balaban, Michael Hitchcock. Uh, I'm just naming Parker Posey. I'm, I'm naming six names out of out of 40 or more. One scene wonders, local hires. That great scene from Best in Show where Parker Posey loses it in the pet store trying to replace her pet's uh, chew toy. Uh, The guy working the counter there is a local guy, a local hire, local actor. Beautiful, beautiful. But at the center of that all the time for me is Fred Willard. And that's where it just grabbed me. And so for me, when he shows up in Anchorman, it's like, oh, it's Fred Willard from Christopher Guest. It's Fred Willard from Fernwood Tonight. It's Fred Willard from Roxanne. He just was everywhere. And I love that his success went everywhere. I love that he was a, a granddaddy of comedy and was pulled into these shows. I love that he reached a wider audience with Modern Family. I love the first couple seasons of Modern Family. Then, to be honest, I just, I just stopped watching. But his inclusion in that, perfect, perfect kind of... Uh, uh, match with uh, Ty Sheridan's uh, Phil Dunphy um, character. Uh, I love him. And look, he was getting older. And when I saw, so I saw him, I know people that have worked with him. Every person that has worked with him tells great stories, funny stories. And everyone, these list of funny, funny people that you're seeing, uh, you're seeing out there, Bonnie Burton, uh, our friend of the show, Bonnie Burton, put out a, a, an article on CNET where, where, where she writes for, and uh, she was uh, she was just putting you know a bunch of tweets of people writing, and, and these are Harry Shearer, Michael McKean, all these people, just uh, Paul Feig, all the, all these really funny, talented storytellers and actors and performers, and 
Each one of them. It's like Fred was the funniest in the room. Fred was the funniest. And he didn't steal scenes, and that's what I loved about it. He didn't steal them. He added to them. He made them his own, and it made the movie better. It wasn't one of those, eh, the rest of the movie's okay, but eh, Fred was the only stuff. Nah. He didn't outshine anything. He just made all of it better like a true improv performer. So when I uh, read the story this morning, you know, uh, my friend Audrey Kearns had tweeted out, who had uh, worked with him a, a little bit, or husband Brian Bradley worked with him a little bit. She tweeted out, and uh, that was the first time I saw, saw the, the, the story from Rolling Stone, and it's like my heart just sinks. But then I just went down uh, memory lane and just so many clips and moments. And there's not a lot of them on YouTube. There needs to be more. Uh, there's so many that aren't there. And so you, you know what that means? I'm going to pull down the, the DVDs out of, out of the shelves, off the shelves, and, and watch them. And I was watching with a tear in my eye because he just, he's made me laugh. Made me laugh. For no joke, 30 years. Roxanne's one of my favorite movies. Steve Martin, of course, uh, one of my personal favorites. Uh, definitely a creative icon and influence. Uh, and it's uh, Roxanne. That first time that I really found myself laughing at something Fred Willard did or say. He is the mayor of the town, for those who've never seen it. He's the mayor of the town uh, that everything um, takes place at in there. And um, he uh, is sleazy, a little slick, but heartfelt. And that's the thing about Fred Willard. I, I tweeted some stuff out there. He played these clueless, bumbling people in power who aren't deserving or capable of it. They're not bad people. They're not bad people. And that's why he brought the heart to them, and you see it, and you feel it. Um, so, yeah, Roxanne was 87, and then around that time is when I kind of discovered Spinal Tap, which was only about three, four years after Spinal Tap came out. And so I'm going to play that clip. We're going to play some clips. You can, you can hang with me if you want. If you want to turn off the show and, and go on with your life, I understand. But let's, let's just celebrate some of the work of, of Fred Willard. And here we go. All right, this one is from Roxanne. Fred Willard, uh, Steve Martin, and Max Alexander was a funny stand-up back in the day. Uh, he's in this movie. Uh, Steve Martin cast most of the supporting cast outside of Daryl Hannah uh, and uh, um, Shelley Duvall and Rick Rosovich. Most of the rest of the cast are stand-up comics. So, great movie if you haven't seen it. All right, let's check out this clip. CD! Hola! It came to me last night in a flash. Yeah, what is that? The thing, the gimmicks, the Nelson promotional cow. Whoa, we're talking to the chief. <laughs> you give her a name, Susie Esmeralda. Fossey. You put her picture in the corner of our posters, drinking a beer. Teach her to drink a beer. These things work. I think it's a fantastic idea. Do you like it? I do. I love it. I think it's great. Great idea. I think it's brilliant. What an idea. And I was there. I saw it happen. He took the idea. He saw it ripe on the tree. He plucked it, and he put it in his pocket. It's, it's, dare I say, genius? <laughs> no. No. But maybe, ooh, maybe it is. Maybe I'm in the presence of greatness. Maybe I just don't know it. But I saw it. All right, I, uh, <laughs> I could go on. I just I, I also want to watch Steve Martin work. And that was, that set the tone for me as a Fred Willard fan. That scene uh, with Bossy the cow, the Nelson promotional cow, and just what to expect going forward. And why, why uh, every time I'd watch something and Fred Willard was in it, why I would turn my, my eyes to it. It is a certain style of comedy. And again, I think it, it works for him because he's acting. He's, he, he's performing. He's not telling jokes. He's not doing bits. It all comes from that person's perspective. In the moment, you could just tell this cow, they got a real cow on, uh, on, on the street here to shoot with the, the moment. Hey, we're talking to the chief. Like you just tell, he's so quick. He's so quick-witted. They teach you early on in the groundlings and in a lot of improv classes, but this is what I went through, the groundlings. Don't go for the joke. That's a weird concept, especially, you know, I was never a class clown. I was the one in the back studying the class clown, how to make their jokes better. But my first year in improv class and, and any other improv I would do, you know, I was pretty good at it. But 
I was I was trying to be again like Fred Willard, like a lot of the people in the in the Christopher Guest movies, and I was misinterpreting. I was I was, I was going a lot for the joke. I wasn't playing the scene. I wasn't present in the scene, and it was one of my directors, Karen Mariano, who just ripped me a new asshole one day. Quite frankly, in front of the rest of the class, I killed with the scene. It was so funny. I was doing an improv scene. I forget what it was. This is around two thousand. And I got some big jokes. People are laughing. And all right, scene ends. Cool. Go back to your seats. And she just was like, she literally goes, meh. It was funny. I got it. I got it. You got some laughs. It's not going to last. That's not, there's nothing to build from. There's no meat on that. You've got to stop going for jokes, Ken. You've got to play the scene. You've got to be a performer. You've got to be an actor. Now, I'm not a great actor, but I can find it, you know. I can find it as a performer. And that changed, changed the way I looked at how comedy was played and how these improv-based movies, how they're played, how they're built. And Fred Willard, time and time again, him and Catherine O'Hara, for my money, are the best in those movies. And that's saying a lot. Uh, it was John Michael Higgins is amazing. Michael McKean, amazing. Eugene Levy, one of the best. There's so many performers. Christopher Guest, oh, by the way, the guy making the movies. One of the best. Best in show is probably the peak. I don't think a lot of people looked at it as the best of the best of the best, but I, I think Waiting for Guffman is tremendously underrated. As I, I Mighty Wind, because that's the, that's the folk music one. It's got, it's shorter, it's to the point, it's got heart. It's got a lot of heart. And Fred Willard's in that one as well. We're going to play a clip here in a second. But Roxanne isn't one of those type of movies. That came later. Improv. And you can see it, and you can feel it, and there's a bigger reward for the performers if you're watching and you're tuned into the fact that they're, they're not working with a script, and it flows so well, and it works. But Roxanne is a regular old movie made in the 80s, a 1980s comedy. Daryl Hannah, one of the biggest stars of the day. Steve Martin, one of the great comedy icons even then, though this was a bit of a comeback for him. Fred Willard's there, again, not stealing the show, adding to it, but you rem you never forget him, you remember him, and it's all part of this beautiful tapestry, and he builds up everyone else around him. So you start to study it if you're a student of comedy. You start to study the beats and how he plays it and what he brings. Steve Martin is great at this, too. One of the best characters Steve Martin plays is Steve Martin, this unaffected, aloof, rich a-hole who's too dumb to see that. Steve Martin, social media is on SNL. He does a lot of the host monologues. If you remember the old SNL, um, it was in the 90s, Farley, Sandler, and everything. Martin's hosting it, and he just, his whole thing is about how he's, he phones in Saturday Night Live. Uh, when I host it, just phone it in. That's, and they break into a big song. Not gonna phone it in tonight. That's Steve Martin playing Steve Martin. The... I'm a nice guy, but I'm really a rich prick. And, and Martin's not any of those. Martin's quiet. Martin's quiet and intense. Different kind of cat. Fred Willard. I saw him. I saw him. I saw him. I started to tell that story. I apologize. I never got to work with him. Sadly. But I was doing comedy. We used to do comedy every week at Room 5 on La Brea above a, a, a Malfi restaurant, which is a, a restaurant that was co-owned by Adam Carolla, Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, a couple others. And uh, this is mid-2000s. So this is now about, about late 2000s, towards the end of the run. Fred and his wife, who passed away in 2018, are there with some friends. You know, and I have to come up and down from upstairs. I was host of the comedy show, and I run to the bathroom. So I passed him a couple times. You know, and I've been around celebrities. I've been around some people that I admire. But, you know, and there's going to be some going to blow you away and everything. But this is one of those ones I just stopped dead in my tracks. Stopped dead in my tracks. I wanted so much to say something to him. But you're not going to do that. You're not going to go to an interrupt him at dinner. But after our comedy show, we used to all linger downstairs at the bar drinking. And he passed by. Tall man, too. Passed by. And I just couldn't move. I couldn't say anything. Some people said, hey, Fred, good night. Hey, nice to meet you. I couldn't do it. Uh, you know, and I'm okay. I don't regret that. I just, I was just moved to be in his presence by someone who didn't just make me laugh, but just the way he, the way he got laughs made me think and reevaluate how I do it. Mentioned Spinal Tap. So this is Spinal Tap. The actual title of it there uh, is, of course, Rob Reiner's uh, 1984 film about the fake band 
Christopher Guess, Michael McKean, Harry Shear, and others. Tony Hedger, their manager, uh, or the um, the the hair metal. Well, at that time, hair metal band uh, on their last leg of their careers, though they don't really know it, though they start to figure it out. And one of the things is they get a big show, finally book a big gig at a military base, an air base to be exact. And their liaison for the event is none other than Fred Willard. Gives us a chance to kind of let down our hair. Although I see you all have a head start on it. These haircuts wouldn't pass military muster, believe me. Although I shouldn't talk. I, my hair's getting a little shaggy, too. Better not get too close to you. They'll think I'm part of the band. I'm joking, of course. Shall we go in and I'll show you around? Walk this way, please. Uh, right through here. Did you ever run into a musical group, works out of Kansas City, calls himself Four Jacks and a Jill? They've been at a Ramadi in there for about 18 months. If you're ever in Kansas City and you want to hear some good music, you might want to uh, drop by. Uh, I would like to get the playing on about 1,900 hours, if that's satisfactory. I make it now, it's about 1,830 hours. So that's what, 50 hours? Well, that's actually about 30 minutes, about a half hour, give or take, just a few minutes. I don't want to rush you. The idea is if we can get it on and we uh, get it over with. And I have just one request. Would you play? <laughs> Sir, I'm laughing at the own clip and I knew it was coming. I choked on my drink. That's how great Fred Willard is. I'm playing the damn clip and I'm laughing. That whole sequence, it's about a minute. It's just this beautiful masterclass in, in comedy is in the details. Timing is everything, but comedy is in the details. And again, the character. He's a straight-laced military man. There's this long-haired British band that doesn't want to be there, and he doesn't want them there. He's playing that, but he's got to be polite, and he wants his folks at this event, and it's a pathetic event. He wants them to relax and let their hair down. Hey, your hair's down. The joke's... Again, there's not a joke here, and that's the thing. There's not a joke here. Do you want to study comedy? There's nothing in what he just said that is a joke. But it's information. It's details. And it's the character. The, I'm joking, of course, delivered straight lace to not just make them feel a little better at the shot he took at them, but also to just make sure he know, they know I'm not part of you. You're the rock and roll band, and I don't want to part of be part of that, and ain't no one going to confuse me for you ragamuffs. Ah, I love that. But to come back with you, have you ever caught a band out of Kansas named Four Jackson and Jill playing a Ramada Inn? That is details. Kansas, Four Jackson and Jill, Ramada Inn. Those are improv details that just make everything. More real. Reference comedy is, is, a, is a favorite of mine. A lot of you probably know just from Schmoes or Schmoes News or things to me over the years. Um, and yeah, I, Dennis Miller was, and, and it still is an influence on me based on you know his weekend update persona, without a doubt. His attitude, his timing, everything I studied, how he did it, listened to him talk about how he did weekend update. Absolutely uh, an icon, but... The details, comedy and the details comes from so many things that Fred Willard has done over the years. He's a big baseball fan, big sports fan. His constant little references to baseball, little details, specific details that he knows are something that I try to use in my life, in my career when I perform. Details that are in my brain because I lived them or I know them or that's my favorite band or that's my favorite dish at Applebee's or something. That's comedy and details, playing it, and then just there at the end, yeah, let's get this started so we can get this over with. God, it's the best. And he, that's it. That's his scene. That's his character. And again, he doesn't steal it. He doesn't steal it. He just makes everything else around him better. He worked so well with the great Catherine O'Hara. And Catherine O'Hara, I'm so glad more people are discovering her, some for the first time, some rediscovering her with Schitt's Creek, uh, which is spectacular. She, her career went through a lot of different phases. SCTV 70s joined Saturday Night Live for one day before walking out because Michael O'Donohue and a lot of other people just scared her out of the building. Goes and becomes, you know, more of a, it appears, what, what, uh, what do we got her at Home Alone? Uh, Beetlejuice, right? She's in that show. She becomes just 
a, a well-known film actor, and then goes through this phase, the Christopher Guest phase, which I think people rediscover her as a comic talent, and then goes from there, and then Shit's Creek again, brings it all, all together. Her and Fred Willard together are just amazing. I think we should all take a moment to listen to that. I, I, I'm going to be glad to do the show on Broadway, and there'll probably be other offers, mm-hmm. keeping our fingers crossed, but I don't know if the theater and the stage is for me. I mean, for one thing, there's an awful lot of memorizing of lines, and I think, and I think you know what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's always been the ultimate goal, Hollywood. Uh, even when I was a kid doing my impressions, and uh, here's looking at you, babe, and uh, you don't care about anyone but yourself. Who is it? Henry Fonda. I always have to tell her who I'm doing. She always laughs, but now who is that? But I think back there, there's always the germ in my mind that that's where I'd end up on the on the silver screen. Mm-hmm. And you got the face for it, too, darling. You know, I want to try that less is more kind of acting, where you just, when you're talking to someone, you close your eyes, and then you look at them when you're not talking to the person. I mean, you open your eyes when you're looking away, but then when you talk to the person, you go like that, and you open your eyes, and then you look back at the person, but you never open your eyes when you're talking to them. Oh, gosh. They're the best. They're the best. Uh, That character, Ron Albertson, is uh, a great example of what Willard does because he's an a-hole. He is kind of a domineering, uh, misogynistic husband who is a dentist. Or no, excuse me, not a dentist. He's a travel agent. Uh, Eugene Levy's a dentist in town. And he dreams of being a star. He thinks he's a star, takes over every room in the worst possible way. It's the opposite of Fred Willard, and he plays it with such heart because you're behind him. And at the end of that movie, Waiting for Government, when, when, when Ron and Sheila go to Hollywood would become extras, background. They're uh, talked down to because they're talking on set, right? They're talking to the camera, the, the documentary f- filmmakers. And they get nipped at. You feel so bad for them. You feel so bad for Fred Willard's character. You shouldn't, because he's, he's kind of a self-important prick throughout the entire movie. But it's never played that way. It's not just a, a villain being a hero in his own mind. It isn't that. It's just the heart is there. The character is there. And all the jokes, all the humor come from Fred Willard playing this character who just wants to be taken as a star an acting star, and not just the town's travel agent who's never left the town, by the way. Part of, it's a funny joke. It plays as a funny beat, beat in a bit, but it's, it's so much the character. He's, he's the biggest star in his own world. He's never left the little town of Blaine that he plays in, and he's a travel agent. It's, it's all there, and it builds up, and it builds up. Well, that's one of the final moments in the scene. If you haven't seen Waiting for Guffman, what are you doing? Why are you listening to me? I'm nothing. Go listen to Fred Willard. We're going to uh, jump ahead to a mighty win clip, and you want to talk about details. And one of my favorite kind of little tricks I love doing, which is a false expert. Someone who's so sure of the information they're saying, even though it's completely off base, and they also just kind of don't care because this is what they choose to believe. Ah, he plays the band manager. Mighty Wind is all about folk music and folk bands. And again, it's really sweet. A lot of that is because of Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara's characters. Fred Willard, kind of off to the side in this movie times, you'd think, at least from the surface. He plays the manager of the band, a former sitcom star with catchphrases. What happened? <laughs> Sorry, thinking about the scene. Um, so catchphrases are big because that's what made him a star for like six episodes on his old sitcom, this character. So that's kind of the context. And, oh, God, it's the best. Sail to the Furby local Wiley Way. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One second, please. Technical. I got an idea, a very literate reference. I don't know if you're familiar with a book about a, a, a pirate captain. His name is Moby Dick. He was chasing a, some big whale, and he had a catchphrase. He'd always yell out, there she blows. So I thought if you could do that, we'd have someone on stage drench the whole group with water. And um, you could look at the camera and say, hey, what happened? And every time, another thing of water, and by then you're all soaked, even the ladies. 
And at the end of the song, you turn the guitars and all upside down and water splashes out. Kerplunk! It's <laughs> <laughs> just a thought. Oh, Fred Willard, you funny guy. The details of the non-details are what I love that in that scene. All right, uh, this final clip, you guys are, I don't know, I hope you guys are enjoying this walk down Fred Willard memory lane. What, he's, what he is perhaps most revered for might be his little supporting role in Best in the Show. Uh, best in Show, not Best in the Show, Best in Show. He plays, uh, uh, he plays a uh, color commentator for the big uh, Westminster uh, Kennel uh, dog show. Uh, Buck Laughlin, and clearly just an old sports guy, a jock, pitted with uh, Trevor Beckwith, a a dog expert, uh, play-by-play guy, played by Jim Pittick, who is just excellent in uh, everything they do. And so this doesn't come along till late in the movie. You're at the dog show, the final dog show, and Willard's uh, character just pops up. And the line I think he's perhaps most known for is the bench press line. This is the uh, the one where he uh, he uh, <laughs> just looks over at uh, Jim Pittick's uh, character and says, uh, uh, "What's the exact quote? I got to get it right. I have it written down here. Excuse me if this is off subject a little bit, but just take a guess at how much I could bench bench press. I died in the theater laughing. Just absolutely died in the theater laughing. Um, it, it it's." It's just so the the pinpoint accuracy of the random absurd nature of the, a comment like that in that sequence. It's again, that's not a joke. Uh, it it it's not a joke. It's not none of it's played for jokes. It's played as real, and it's just just damn funny in the process. If you have ever watched me on the movie trivia Schmodown desk, and I've made you laugh, that's cool. It's awesome. And a lot of you reach out and say nice things about it. But I got to tell you, something I don't take it too seriously. Just anytime someone says, you're so funny on the desk, I just kind of, I just want to say, I'm not being funny. I'm not doing anything. Just doing a bad Fred Willard. I'm just trying to capture 2% of what he pulled off in Best in Show. The announcer who doesn't want to be there, has to be there, has his own sad tale and sad life going on. But it comes out in hopefully some sort of, Heart, some sort of earnest approach to the moment he's in. And that's what I play. Uh, so here's some, here's some moments. Uh, this is one of my favorite moments. The bench press moment is my favorite, but this is an, uh, another sequence that works so well. Now she's having the dogs. Why do they have them run away from them and then back up? What's the point of that? What are they looking for? They're looking for the gait and movement of the uh-huh. dog. And it's very important to see the small angles. So uh, Edie will be checking out this in particular. Good way to judge a woman. Have her run away from you and then run back. <coughs> now those birds on Connaby Street. Yes. I'm used to seeing them run away from me more often than <laughs> run towards me. Yeah. Uh, now what is that? Is that that's a... Uh, a bloodhound, isn't it? I think this is a tremendous dog, and I would say maybe in two to three years this could be a champion dog. But I just think it may be a tad immature for this year. Just trying to get a little playing time in. And take your dog down and back for me, please. Now, you know what would be funny? I don't know if they can do this, uh, uh, just an idea off the top of my head. Why didn't he put the bloodhound, put on one of those Sherlock Holmes hats and put a little pipe in his mouth? Are they ever allowed to do anything like that, dress up a dog in a funny way? No, that's, uh, that's not quite what the uh, purpose of these shows but is. But I think it would really get the crowd going. You know, you know what I mean? The Sherlock Absolutely, Holmes hat yes. with the pipe. I don't know if you could make it look like smoke's coming out of the pipe. I think that would be a little dangerous. <laughs> I'd get a kick out of it. <laughs> uh, he's in it. He's in it. But he doesn't want to be there, and he's completely unaware that he's taken the life out of the broadcast, completely unaware that he's completely off base, and that's the genius of everything he did. If you haven't uh, had a chance to go, just watch some of his clips, particularly some of the Fernwood Tonight stuff, and also just check out... um, Just check out uh, Google Fred Willard Letterman. And there's just like two hours put together. I was watching some of it today of Willard on Letterman making Dave. Also, I think one of the funniest guys out there making him laugh. 
like nothing else. Steve Martin, my uh, my number one, right, in so many ways, he tweeted out today, uh, R.I.P. Fred, you are always my comic hero. I was thrilled to work with you in Roxanne, and that's so true. Hollywood Reporter says Fred Willard, mastered of, master of comic cluelessness. So true. It's so true. So true. Uh, thanks, Fred. Thanks for everything. Thanks for the endless amount of clips that I'll be entertained by, the endless amount of characters that will make me laugh, the moments I'll remember, the moments I'll quote, the moments I'll try to emulate. Uh, you were the best. Absolutely one of my favorites. Uh, someone whose scenes I studied, not with a pen and paper, but just by living him, living and taking in the scenes and realizing later on as I took comedy courses and classes and learned and failed and all those kind of things, just realized, oh, that's what, that's why it was working. It was him, number one, but two, here's what he was doing. I can only hope to capture at least, like I said, 2% of that. Love Fred Willard. So sorry to those who lost him, who knew him, who worked with him. Uh, hey, we only got a short amount of time on this earth. 86 years, blink of an eye. A blink of an eye. Thank you, Fred Willard. Thanks for the laughs. Saturday Night Napsuck rolls on. That's it for Saturday Night Napsock. Thank you for listening. You can follow Ken on Twitter at CatNapsock. Go to his website, CatNapsock.com, for all of the things he does. Don't forget that baseball show he's doing is coming soon. Box score, heroes. That's all for this week. Good night.